Hi, welcome to the CCWSA podcast. I'm Rob High, uh, joined by Philip Naiman, and today our critical response team manager, Gary Eastrich. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks. Happy Thanks New Year. Um, we've discussed this a couple of different ways, um, categorical things, uh, but we're going to touch today on uh, modifications to your firearms. Um, and some of the some of the troubles that, that can come about uh, even on something that's you know a joke or something like that. So uh, you know Gary was a homicide investigator. He was the chief investigator for the district attorney's office here in Oklahoma County. And we've seen about everything you can see, but Gary's, Gary's seen more than I have. So, uh, and I shoot, but I'm not an armor. I'm not a gunsmith. I don't ever pretend to be. I don't, I'm not the guy that's going to go out and, and trick out my own gun or anything like that. If I have, have work to do, I take it to a, a gunsmith. Um, but there are, there are pitfalls that if you're going to add these little sassy things, uh, you want to think twice about it, especially if it's something that you're going to carry. If it's something you're going to put away in your safe and just, just have for, for a, a showpiece, that's, that's one thing. But uh, I would really err on the side of caution when you're doing things that kind of make a mockery of uh, self-defense and the, the potential to take somebody's life. You know, there was a, uh, there was a t-shirt that was around in the eighties. I think it was from Vietnam special forces said something in the neighborhood of kill them all, let God sort them out. Right. We've all seen those t-shirts, right? So, you know, like you're saying is you carry something, whoops, dogs in the background. Here. You carry, you carry something, uh, but you have something that for whatever reason, you have something like that in your vault. Now as a homicide detective, you know, if, if you get a search warrant for the guy's house, you go in there and yeah, he has a Smith and Wesson 642 that it was used to defend his life, but then he's got a uh, 1911 in there engraved on the side, kill them all, like God sort them out. Gary, uh, what does that do for mindset? Well, you know, what, what the concealed carrier needs to keep in mind is that in a absolutely clear-cut, clean self-defense incident, the weapon really is irrelevant. The problem is they're very seldom that clean-cut uh, and, and readily apparent to, as a justified self-defense. So when, when a prosecutor is determining whether to file charges or not, Sometimes if things are a bit ambiguous, they might look at uh, your mindset as Rob touched on. Um, so if you've got this tricked out, let uh, kill them all, let God sort it out, and, and things that kind of reflect maybe a callousness towards, uh, towards human life, that can play into that prosecutor's decision on whether or not to uh, file a charge. Um, so that's, uh, I always make the recommendation, 
that you don't make any modifications that uh, either show a lack of uh, maybe compassion or, or um, good judgment, uh, anything that might show a bias in addition to uh, those modifications that might make the firearm inherently more, uh, I, I hate to say dangerous, but not safe for the purpose it was designed for. So we're talking right now about somebody engraving. A lot, a lot of times, uh, like a Glock, okay? Just your basic Glock 19, 17, 34, 20, whatever. The back, the back plate of those on the Glocks, sometimes guys will have taken off, put an American flag on the back or a don't tread on me or something, you know, something that they like. Um, are you talking about stuff like that? And there are actually, there's two separate kinds uh, are in my mind, there are two separate modifications to a firearm. Uh, one is strictly the appearance. You know, if you, if you have it uh, coated a, a green color, but you haven't really done anything to change the operation of the firearm, just its appearance. So if you engrave logos on it, the, the American flag, that's all well and good. Uh, U.S. Marine Corps, that's all well and good. But when you start the little catchy, uh, what comes to mind, I don't know if you've seen, there's an aftermarket barrel that uh, has around the, the, uh, the face, the muzzle of the barrel, it has words to the effect of smile and wait for flash. Uh, what have you accomplished by by saying that or putting that on your firearm. To me, as an investigator, you, it, it's almost uh, that cavalier uh, that you, you just don't take human life serious enough. Well, and, and there's a big difference in a cosmetic change versus uh, a change that that actually is to the mechanics of the gun. I mean, you've done, right. done some gun plumbing and uh, you've gone from a, a 14 pound trigger to two. Yeah. Uh, why? Exactly. You know, is that is that what we're going to carry for for everyday concealed carriers? And part of that is kind of understanding what your mission is as a carrier. Um, you know, I. I carry for no other purpose but to protect myself and my family. That's it. I don't go looking for trouble. I don't go trying to intercede. I, I've, I've done that for a living. I've been a police officer. I don't do that anymore. I, I laid that down. I do something different now. Um, but I, I really carry pretty much a factory firearm. I don't have any special modifications or anything like that to it. As a competition shooter, you know, I had, when I was shooting PPC stuff, you know, I had an action job done on the gun, um, worked the trigger. Um, and when I was shooting like service auto stuff, um, there was nothing with, you know, taking uh, a Dremel tool and polishing up 
the linkage in, in your trigger or something like that and just making it smoother. Um, but it's a big deal when you start, uh, you know, Gary, I don't know if you recall that, that we, we've discussed some of this recently. I don't, I don't know that you were involved in that discussion, but uh, we had a, a officer in this area of Oklahoma in the central part of Oklahoma that had, had kind of like a parts gun that he had put together for a patrol rifle and the dust cover on it, you know, had his ejection port had some kind of stupid deal on it. And it's just one of those that that was a clean shooting, but man. Yeah. Well, it, it, it became a point of, uh, of great concern and they used it unsuccessfully, but it was still used to try to put the officer, uh, which it could have been a concealed carrier for that matter, but for, for to show a callousness on his part. And the dust cover said, you are effed, you know, uh, and it had no bearing whatsoever on the actual incident, but it was used by a prosecutor to try to show a callousness uh, uh, towards his fellow man. So it, what did you really gain by adding that to that firearm? Well, and it, well, it's just being flippant. I mean, it's, it's like you're talking about the sanctity of human life. Um, well, and, and that's what, uh, again, a lot of the average concealed carrier probably doesn't realize that if you're involved in a shooting, your gun is going to be taken, it's going to be examined, any modifications are going to be noted. Uh, as you, you, po you pointed out earlier about the uh, trigger weight, if, if a standard Glock trigger is around five pounds and that firearms examiner measures yours repeatedly at two and a half pounds, a significant change over factory, that's going to raise some eyebrows. Now, if, if it's been cleaned up and it's instead of five pounds, it's four and a half, but it's cleaner and crisper, it's probably not going to be uh, even, it's going to be in the normal range of what a trigger may, may pull and it's not going to cause a lot of concern. Um, so when, when doing functional modifications to a firearm, make sure that they're, in my book, they should not be anything extreme. So anything, uh, go ahead. So, so, so anything extreme, I brought a couple of examples in here. So everybody has seen a six shot Smith and Wesson 586, right? Pretty standard four inch, two inch, four inch, six inch, eight inch barrel, whatever. So if, and these have all been cleared by the way. So if this was your particular firearm, would this be slightly modified? Yes, very much so. <laughs> that's that's a purpose-driven uh, uh, target revolver. Right. Uh, not to say that it could not be used in a self-defense setting. But you don't want to carry it, this appendix carry. I'll tell you that for sure. Well, you're not going to want to carry it because of the size and weight. Yes. But also, like I say, that's... It, that does just not, that doesn't scream self-defense gun. 
No. That that's that is an aggressive to me an aggressive competition guy. It is. So, you know, a lot of us um, with the gray hair syndrome, uh, our eyes are not what they used to be. And black sites, especially if you're low light situation, black sites, black night, you know, there's a lot of different things. So what if somebody added optics? So here's a uh, Glock 19. Again, this gun's previously been cleared. So here's a Glock 19 with an optic on it, a hollow sun and a nightlight. And, um, you know, is this what you would consider an overly aggressive style firearm? That to me, that, that has a setup that can be justified. It's easy. If you're asked, Hey, why, why do you have this, uh, this optical device on top? Well, I'm getting older. My eyes are not as good. And if I have to use this, I want to be able to shoot it as accurately as possible. Um, the, the problem with that particular firearm is you have the lightning cuts on the, on the uh, slide, uh, either, which are either a, an option or done aftermarket. So if you don't want a gun that you walk in and the first thing the prosecutor does when he sees the picture of it from where it's being examined by the firearms examiner is look at it and go, wow, look at that killing machine. Look at that. This is, this is somebody that was gunning for a fight. He's got this gunfighter fantasy rig here that he's using to defend himself. Uh, the light, the optic are both things that are becoming more readily acceptable in society. And the lightning cuts on the slide should really have no bearing on whether a shooting is justified or not justified. But as I said, the, the issue you run into, you don't want charges filed on you. So you want everything that can put yourself in, a, in the best light possible. Uh, you know, and, and what you're saying, for instance, you're saying that if there's no other option, so the slides for a Glock that are available for optics have those cuts on them. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, here's, here's a, a prosecutor saying, wow, that's a killing machine, not realizing, cause he's not in the gun culture that that's the way they come. If you yeah. need to have right. optics on your gun, you're going to. Mm -hmm. People don't buy a basic slide over again. They get a, a better slide, a better upgrade. So if you're going to have optics on your gun, it's going to look something like that across the board. But again, that's not their culture. It's not what they know. And so the image, right, appears to be more aggressive. Yeah, exactly. And that's sometimes that can make the difference, rightly or wrongly, it can make the difference on whether charges are ultimately filed or not. In reality, you and I know those cuts on that slide have no bearing whatsoever on the justification of a, of a shooting. However, if, uh, if you've got a prosecutor, and, and a lot of investigators are not necessarily gun people, but if that that mindset of, oh, look how aggressive this thing looks is then if the investigator says that, then the next thing you know, he goes over and tells the prosecutor, man, look at this gun that he used. 
and and that can kind of change that perspective of of the prosecutor. Um, and it's just you just don't want to do anything that will put you in a bad perspective, looking looking like maybe somebody who uh, was looking for a fight versus on a def purely defending themselves. So let's go, uh, if I can bring up another example. So this is a CZ-75. Again, I've pre-cleared it. This is a CZ-75. Now, this is stock, right? When these come out of their box, their trigger literally extends almost to the front of the trigger guard. You've got like a two-inch trigger pull. I mean, it's like you want to get out of the car and walk to the curb from there before the gun goes off. Um, yeah. In a defensive situation that long of a trigger pull is really pretty much going to pull you off target on your first shot, especially since it's double action. So this looks just like it came out of the box, but it's had a Cajun trigger job done on it. So the, the trigger reset is shorter and the reach on this trigger is half of what it was before. And it's a little bit lighter. So this is actually looks stock, but it shoots much better. It shoots more accurately uh, with a cleanup on the trigger than the way this comes, this comes uh, out of the box. So, how would something like this be considered? For me, it's uh, it, it it doesn't it doesn't have that aggressive look. Well, the look uh, is more important than the actual that, weight on the trigger pull, maybe. Yeah, it could be. You, keep in mind again, if it's a super super clean incident. Where there's no question, like the Rittenhouse shooting. <laughs> well, you, you know, you just want, uh, without touching on specific cases, uh, you want to put yourself in the best light possible. My only concern with that is the average firearms examiner is going to see a lot of Glocks. He may not see a lot of CZ 75s. If that CZ-75 has a six-pound double action when every other one has a seven, seven-and-a-half-pound, it's probably not going to be any issue at all. However, if that is substantially less than any representative sample the examiner has to compare with, that's where it could build in question. But for me, that's an, that's an easy one to justify. Uh, I had the trigger mechanism cleaned up uh, so I could shoot it more accurately. Right. So uh, is there a, and again, I'm just asking this for roundabout questions. Is there a limit that you would say you wouldn't want and, and to justify it? The trigger pull, okay, you should never have a trigger pull under X. Well, if somebody has a 1911, most of those in single stage have very light trigger pulls. So is there a number, is there a weight? Is it, you know, help us understand exactly what they're looking for. I don't believe there's a number or an exact weight. What, what I would look for is I know the average 1911 has somewhere between a four and a half and probably five and a half pound trigger pull. And if that trigger weighs four pounds, 
I'm not going to get excited over it. However, if I'm examining it and I have enough 1911s that I can tell by handling and function testing, boy, this has got a heavily modified trigger. And we then put a scale on it and it comes out to two and a half pounds. Uh, you know, you're going to get looked at from a slightly different perspective. Again, it, it's not just one thing. Let's say then you've got that trigger pull that's two and a half pounds, and now you've got the engraving, kill them all, let God sort it out. That's one more thing. And, and, and by the way, folks, that was not a recommendation to put on your gun. Yeah. No, no, no. I, and I, I prefer a firearm that looks like it came off the shelf. You know, a lot of people I've had, I, I carry a VP9. I had, I had the triggered action uh, worked over by a company up there in the Northwest that does excellent work. I would, I would carry that too if it was allowed in California. <laughs> well, Great well, here in Oklahoma, we don't have that, uh, those, uh, as many restrictions. But if you looked at my, my VP9, it looks like a factory VP9. Uh, one of the things, you know, there's a lot of aftermarket triggers for this, the striker fired guns. One of the things I never liked is when you got a black gun and it's got this bright red anodized aftermarket trigger that just screams, look at me, I've changed the trigger on this. Does that really change anything? Absolutely not. But it catches the eye, so it's going to build in a question. So would a prosecutor look at, would a prosecutor look at, um, maybe there's four shots fired, maybe they think the last shot was accidental because the trigger was too light. I mean, are they doing something like that? Is it or are they saying that if you have a light trigger, you're overly aggressive? Is it more that mindset? Well, keep in mind that prosecutors are like investigators are like concealed carriers. There's no two of them that are identical. Okay. The, the prosecutor that you deal with out there in Southern California is going to be very different than the prosecutor I deal with here in Central Oklahoma. Uh, did I, I meant uh, Southern California, if I didn't, anyway, uh, keep in mind that if, if that, that person has an anti-gun slant is not a big proponent of self-defense, that's where all these little things are like, yeah, but look at this, look what he's done here. Yeah, but look at this. Now, uh, this is where the modification <clears throat> the functional modification can really come into play. You mentioned, let's say that last shot was accidental. And now you're looking at the, the possibility of a manslaughter charge where you didn't, you did something you didn't intend. Now you've got a gun with a 50% trigger pull over what a factory gun has. You've just built in an issue for either your defense attorney or your civil attorney to address. And I guess what I'm trying to say is don't build in any issues. Don't you give know, them any more billable hours. Don't, don't give <laughs> them anything else to really consider. Is the juice worth the squeeze? 
we, you know, the, the visual, the aesthetic modifications don't really improve the performance of the gun at all. So for a defensive carry, avoid that kind of, avoid the catchy phrases. The, the, the American flag, hey, that's, uh, we can all get along with that. That actually Add may upset flag. the California prosecutors more than anything else is actually putting American flag on something, you know. Well, you know, then you look at the Gadsden flag. Is oh. that something <laughs> I'm going to put on my gun? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to do, uh, I'm not going to do any modification that screams any certain agenda. You know, my gun is for self-defense. As Rob said, that's what it is. It's to defend me and my family. It's a tool. It's, it's, not, it's not a platform for me to express my political views or anything like that. Well, there, there's so many things that we just laced through right there. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, knowing your mission, what, what is your mission? What are you, what is your responsibilities? What is your purpose as a concealed carrier? Um, we're not first responders. Um, I, I don't have an issue with the different slide on that Glock. It's got an object on it. That's, that's in place to help you be able to function the firearm. And there are things that I can articulate if I'm asked about. And that's something you need to keep in mind if you're, if you're making any kind of modifications is, you know, why, why do you have that? Gary touched on it. I, you know, that's on there because my eyesight is not what it used to be. Um, in the event that I'm involved in an incident that I have to resort to lethal force, I wanna ensure that I'm as accurate as I possibly can be I don't want to hurt anybody else. I, I know that I'm responsible for every round that comes out of my gun. Um, that's a big deal. Um, part of that is understanding why you've made that change. What is, what is the, the change to the firearm? And can I explain it in a court of law? Um, again, understanding what my mission is in that, in that environment. Um, something else you, you got to think about is Yes, in the event that it, that it gets to a prosecutor or an investigator or whatever, that kind of makes, makes them do a double take and they start questioning other things. I've, I've really put a hurdle in front of myself. I did that. I caused that. I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to keep things as smooth as I possibly can. But something we haven't even discussed is if that charge gets filed, what is our jury pool going to look like? And, and how are those people's feelings towards firearms? Do they even think you have a right to defend yourself? We do, but there's a lot of people in this country that, that would argue that, that fact. And they think that we're not really supposed to be citizen responders. Um, but you know, Gary and I can both tell you, I, I can't tell you what response time is going to be. I rode the same district for about three years, I knew all my bad guys. I knew shortcuts all through the neighborhoods. I knew how to get from point A to point B. But my district was large enough that if I'm at one far end and you call and there's not another 
unit available that's closer, it may take me 10 minutes to get there. That's not acceptable to me if I'm in a life or death situation. It's a long so 10 I need minutes. There when I can. Uh, but again, it's, it's things that I can articulate. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why did you make this change to your firearm? Now, both of you were at Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma departments? Yes. In the same department? Yes. So I know you can't speak across the nation, but in the Oklahoma, was there a minimum or maximum trigger pull requirement on the duty weapons? Well, most agencies are not going to allow much or any significant modification. I think Oklahoma City now, you, you cannot add aftermarket components to your, your carry firearm. Uh, so, you know, you could clean up the action on certain guns, but you wouldn't be able to do anything that would, would make a significant change. Um, that policy has, has really kind of uh, uh, evolved over the years. Well, and it was, it was something that the work needs to be done by a certified armor. Um, it needs to be approved by the range. Um, there's, there's several things that go with that, that uh, kind of keep guys corralled because um, cops are as bad as anybody. They'll put all kinds of stupid stuff because they think it's cool has nothing to do with improving the function of a firearm. Um, aside from those other things is, is understanding your local laws. You know, there's far more restrictions on what you can and cannot have in New York or New Jersey or California. Um, we're pretty, we're pretty yep. open in, in Oklahoma. I can, I can do a lot of things with, with my firearm, but I still need to be able to articulate if that's what I'm carrying for self-defense. I got to be able to articulate why do I why do you have that light on your gun, Phil? Well, when I come home from work, it, it's after after sundown. I've it, noticed almost every day it tends to get later or darker the later it gets. I just I don't know. It's a trend I've noticed. Sometimes it happens nationwide. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, Rob, you touched on a, a very important aspect of that is just being able to, to articulate why you've done that modification. Uh, keeping in mind that uh, an investigator may not know what to ask, uh, may not be a gun person, that prosecutor may not be a gun person. So, uh, you know, if, if you're asked to explain your your everyday carry setup be able to do that be able to say hey you know i'm hell i'm 64 years old now I, I don't see as good as i used to so i have to run an optic uh I, you know i have some arthritis from from injuries uh i had to have that action cleaned up a little bit to function it uh safely and efficiently well even the cz phil was talking about you know it's got a trigger that's almost out to the front of the trigger guard and you got all of this this play that you have to pull through i've i've cleaned this up to make this a safer performing firearm i mean again it's you know i i ran the police academy for for several years and it was one of the things that i always tried to get through to those kids and i still saw bad reports come in but the most important 
articulation that I have to make is over a use of force, whether it's just hands-on or, or anything beyond that, okay? you know, less, less lethal or whatever it may be. But it's critical that I'm able to tell you this happened, this happened, this happened. I said this, he said this, I did this, he did that. And you gotta, you gotta articulate all of those facts. Um, and it can be something as simple as, you know, you know, we're all getting older. I, I'm not what I used to be. I'm absolutely the first to, to acknowledge that. I feel it every morning when I get up. But it's one of those that, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old and I look over here and you got this guy over here that's, he's 22 and he just stepped out of a, out of a dojo and, and I can't go with this kid. That's not, that's not for me. I, I got to be able to, to articulate all those little things. So, yeah, Another thing to may, maybe consider, at least here in California, you know, if you've got a Glock 17, you've got, you know, 21 round magazines. Um, why do you have two magazines, right? Are you just looking for a gunfight? It's like, no, because you've capped us to substandard um, carrying capacity in a pistol. We have to change magazines. And, you know, if you look at some of the police shootings, which you know, obviously are different, many times, you know, the police officers shoot multiple, multiple rounds. And if you had a minimum capacity magazine, like we're forced to have here in California, you're out, you're out of gas, you have to gas up again, because it's just, you know, seven rounds, like uh, the shield's got seven rounds in it. Um, you know, so there's lots of different things that, that you would have to be able to articulate. Why do you have two magazines? Well, because the state is, is, you know, I only used one, but the state we're substandard. We're, we're fighting in the hole. Yeah. As, as Rob touched on a while ago, uh, you know, you, you are your backup in a lot of situations. I live out in kind of a uh, suburban area, but I'm my response, my police response would probably be 15, 20 minutes. Well, there's a lot can go wrong in 15, 20 minutes and, and having sufficient round, you, you, you can't have too much ammo, but you can have too, too little ammo. Uh, so what you end up carrying on you is, is kind of a compromise. And again, I think that's where you, that perspective issue comes in. If you've got, uh, if you're carrying a seven round shield, I may carry two uh, spare magazines, maybe even three, but do you really want your USPSA uh, mag pouch all the way around your waist? Uh, with, with it didn't look like Batman's utility belt, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so much of it is about perspective. But the grappling hook comes in handy, you know. So if you're going to wear the utility belt, make sure you got the grappling hook on there. That's a good thing. Yeah. Bad as my shoulders are, I don't think I could use a grappling hook. So <laughs> my grappling hook days are behind me. Yeah, Gary, thanks so much for coming on and, and helping us through this. Um, again, guys, if you got questions, comments, you can shoot those straight in through support at ccwsafe.com or me directly at rob at ccwsafe.com. Um, we always welcome your, your thoughts and your questions and we appreciate you guys so much tuning in and hope that you'll join us next time. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Gary. Appreciate you guys. Happy New Year. Yes.